You're listening to The Shine Podcast. Whether it's business or personal growth, we believe in shining bright, encouraging women through conversations, tips, tricks, and resources along the way. Keep shining with host Shauna Starr, business owner, photographer, pink hair enthusiast. When she's not working, you can find her at the gym, the beach, or with her little dog, Murphy. Hope you're ready to smile, sparkle, and shine. So today, Alice Butler is on the Shine Podcast, and I'm excited to have her talk about endometriosis, her path and purpose, and even some advice for you. So let's jump right in. And Alice, I would love to hear a little about you. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. It's amazing to be on this podcast among some really inspiring women. So I'm so, so excited to be here. Um, I am in my 20-somethings. Actually, I should just say I'm 29. I love my age. I, I always love being my age. Mm-hmm. Um, I am currently engaged. I am not married yet because I am a victim of the COVID cancellations. My wedding was canceled because of COVID. Um, I am a mum to an absolutely adorable, all mums say that, don't they, but an adorable <laughs> seven-month-old. And yeah, as you've just touched upon that, I have endometriosis. Um, so endometriosis is a chronic illness and it is, we'll go a little bit into the science, I'll keep it really brief, but it's essentially when a tissue, which is really similar to the lining of your womb, grows outside your womb and every month when you have your cycle, that tissue fills with blood, it bursts, it really, really hurts and then it creates scar tissue which makes it even more painful, and that keeps happening every month. So it's not ideal. It's extremely painful, and it can create other symptoms like fatigue and headaches and all of the nasty stuff. Mm -hmm. But I would like to think I managed to stay really positive, even though I have a chronic illness, and I I used it to make myself way more determined. I like to think I'm quite hardworking from it. Mm -hmm. And currently... I am in the process of setting up in the really early stages of launching a new business, which is super exciting. That's so wonderful. That's me. Yes. yes. I know. I want to hear more about that as well. So what made you decide to quit your job and and start your own business and do this? Yeah. um, So it was, yeah, it was a big leap to quit my job, especially, I mean, I had the opportunity to just take maternity leave, but I told myself I had to quit. I had to take an action and I had to quit. Mm-hmm. So I um, I was a high school teacher for years um, and then I moved more into management and I've spent the last three years being the operations manager of a company. So really enjoyed my job, love working for people, like l- love working with people, managed a really big team. Um, but I just wasn't fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say this, I'm sure you've had this too and I'm sure lots of the listeners are going to agree I had that feeling of unfulfillment, that empty feeling. For me, it kind of lingers in my stomach that I just wanted to do more with my life. Mm -hmm. I really feel like I spent a lot of my life asking myself the question, what is my purpose? Mm -hmm. I think we've we've all been there. And I feel like over the years, I kept asking myself that question. And then for, you know, I'd have short periods of time where I'd kind of fulfill my purpose. I'd get another qualification or I'd get a promotion or I'd move house and it would feel like something big was happening, but then everything would settle again. 
and then I'd go back to having this empty feeling. Mm-hmm. So um, in 2017, I moved to New Zealand and I was living in London. I was mid-management in a, in a busy high school. I was working all the hours under the sun. And when I wasn't working, I was socializing. I was partying. What <laughs> else do you do in London? And so I wasn't having any time to myself or I wasn't, I was virtually doing no self self work, which is really sad when I look back on it. And the result of that was when I did have a moment to myself, that void, that, oh, what's my purpose? Oh, I'm not fulfilled, was really eating away at me. Mm-hmm. And then in 2017, I moved to New Zealand and I had no choice but for my life to just slow down. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a real shock to the system. I absolutely love New Zealand. It's incredible. Um, and it has a slower pace of life. Um, I got a job which was slower paced. Um, I started the company that I, I was operations manager in. I actually started as admin and worked my way up really quickly. Um, and so I had a slow pace of life. And the result of the slow pace was that I actually felt really sad. I mm. felt really quite anxious. And I think it was just that period in my life where I'd actually allowed myself to truly feel this emptiness and accept it Mm -hmm. now that sounds really sad and I promise you it isn't that sad now but (laughs) it was probably the best thing that could ever happen to me because it meant that I had a wake-up call and I said you have to do something about this Mm -hmm. you have to find out what's missing so I got a life coach I did workshops I read self-help books I did everything I could and it's going to sound so simple I realized that the purpose in my life was so simple it was literally to be happy mm-hmm. now people are going to be listening to this and be like yeah okay genius we can all work that one out <laughs> yeah. but honestly it was kind of like a bit of an epiphany for me for it to be that simple because I'd been like how you know is it how I'm going to make money is it um being a mom is it where I'm going to live I'd, I'd explored all these different avenues and it was simply actually if I could wake up every single day and be happy that's my purpose. That's beautiful. And the key question is actually, what makes you happy? Mm-hmm. And I realized that's what I need to figure out. This is what I need to put my energy into. And, you know, three years on, I've done even more work on myself. And I can really confidently say that I have five core values in life. And if I spend every day working towards them or doing things that fall within those values, then I am happy. Mm -hmm. And one of those values is to run my own business. Mm. I have said it for years. I've always said, oh, I'd love to run my own business. Oh, I think I'd be really good at that. And when I've been working hard for other people, I've always thought, oh, I could do that. But I've never known what to do. Mm -hmm. And for me, getting pregnant was kind of like the, the epiphany, the perfect thing to happen. Because it meant that I divulged really deeply into studying pregnancy and studying birth because I was super, super interested in it. And um, I realized that going through all of that, and I, and I call it study because I really was studying, yes, yeah. going through all of that and then having my birth, I realized like, this is what my business should be. This is what I should be doing. This is where my skills lie. I'm so passionate about it. And just to kind of give me the confidence I needed to say yeah I think that could be it is I did start a podcast during Mm -hmm. my pregnancy it's called what the f is hypnobirthing and it is a hundred days of hypnobirthing I'm still recording it currently 
And um, it's had heaps of listeners, which is amazing. I get loads of messages about it. So if you're pregnant or thinking of having a baby or have a have a small child, do give it a listen. But that podcast was really my learning curve. And, and if you listen to it, you hear me learning new things constantly. And then mm-hmm. we're kind of um, near the end now. I said I would do 100 days and I'm near the end of the 100 days now. And it's much more about what I've learned and what I can use to yeah, create my own series of antenatal classes, which is what I really want to do. So that is why I quit my job because I needed to take a leap. Absolutely. I couldn't just fall into another job and, and get caught up because I know I would. I'd start a new job. I'd probably love it. I'd work too many hours. And then I would just, you know, a year or two or five years might go on and then I'm in the same position. Yes. So I had to take strong action. It's so funny that you're talking about this. Just one of the books I've been reading currently is just talking about how we don't have to pick necessarily that one thing. And and it sounds like you're not like you love being a mom and that's part of it. And you want a business and now and you have a podcast and you have all of these things that make you happy. And a lot of times we just think we need to find that one purpose and and you're finding mm-hmm. happiness and all of these things that they coincide together. Absolutely. Um, but you don't just have to stick to that one thing that all brings you that happiness. So I love that. A hundred percent. And you know what I'd say to anyone, a really big thing for me has been leaning into anything that makes you happy. Mm -hmm. I used to, um, and this is, yeah, I used to always think if I'm going to put energy into something, I have to see a result. And often in my head, the result was monetary. Mm -hmm. So I would be happy to work, you know, work late into the night for my job because I would think, oh, it's going to get me a promotion. But I I really did little to no passion projects. And really, my podcast is a passion project. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have an Instagram account, What the F is Endometriosis, which um, is an informative journey of myself, my journey of endometriosis. I set that up as a passion project. And and now brands are sending me... um, they're sending me items to review and, it, and it's not something I ever thought would happen, but just leaning into something mm-hmm. that I really enjoy doing has allowed me to now have a platform on Instagram where I can hopefully share my new business with all these people. So yeah, I think what I really learned along the way was like lean into what makes you happy because it is going to lead you to, to, to the epiphany moment where you're like, oh, yes, that's what I want to do. Yes. And I'm so glad you reached out too, because I, I really didn't know that much about endometriosis. So when you did, I immediately mm. started stalking you and looking through everything and, and just <laughs> all of those symptoms and what you're going through and, um, and how you've been helping women that way too. So uh, I, it's been incredible to already learn so much through you. And I just thank you for that. Also, awesome. yes. So, well, thank you so much. Of course. Will you tell us now a little bit about your business that you started? Yeah, of course. So as I said, I'm really in the early days. It's something which has been in the pipeline now. Really, I could say when I got pregnant is when I started putting together the content and the information. Um, so what I am establishing is really the new era of antenatal classes so I, I'm producing a really innovative program, which follows a couple's journey, um, becoming an emerging parent. Mm-hmm. So um, I really, really believe that we all actually possess the skills to, to have a really positive pregnancy, um, to have a really empowered birth that's free of fear, 
and to be prepared for early for early parenthood. Mm-hmm. And I think when you think of all those things when you first become pregnant or your partner first becomes pregnant or you're at the start of a journey where you're going to have a child, all of those things are really, really daunting, but they're actually incredible things and they're skills that we just have to uncover. So the program that I will be delivering, it really education underpins the whole thing because I really believe that being informed about birth and about pregnancy allows for a positive birth. I really think knowledge is power, particularly in this instance. So the program I've developed is to support it's to support couples who are having any form of birth. And this is a home birth, this is a hospital birth, a cesarean, surrogacy. Because the key fundamentals, the learning curve that you go through, the need to know the physiology of birth, the need to know how to make informed decisions, and the need to know that you have an incredible connection between your mind and your body and your unborn baby, that's what I want to teach. Mm -hmm. And I'm super passionate about teaching it. And I'm also super passionate about creating a really diverse online community of parents and parents-to-be. And whether it's mum, dad, 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 mum, mum, everyone is going through this same really crazy experience. Mm-hmm. And, and it comes at you really quickly. People say you've got pregnancy, you know, you've got nine months to learn about this. It's not a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I've put together a six-week program that I want, want to teach to couples virtually and face-to-face. And so I'm at the, in the really early stages of launching that. So I'm really fortunate to have got a place um, here in Wales on an, a really good course for startup businesses. So I'm being supported by a mentor at the moment, which is incredible. And yeah, I'm in the early stages. And I just said before, before we went on, that I haven't got a name for my business yet. <laughs> and that's so, okay. You know, if anyone's, if anyone's listening, you can get me on what the F is endometriosis on Instagram. You can message me a name for my business. I need ideas. <laughs> oh, I love that. I might post that, that they should be going on there and helping you out a little bit. I love it. Love oh, it. definitely. <laughs> So will you kind of gear towards um, the endometriosis part and kind of how it's impacted your life and your choices and kind of everything? Yeah, definitely. So um, having endometriosis is not just a physical experience. And I I really stop myself there from saying a physical battle Mm -hmm. because often there's lots of negative language used when it comes to negative, uh, when it comes to endometriosis. And it's totally understandable because the basics of it is that it's a really painful chronic illness and chronic means it's not going to go away. So I understand how, you know, we do have so many negative connotations attached to it. Mm-hmm. And so when, um, the hardest thing really though is, is the mental experience you have because endometriosis is really underdiagnosed. And here in the UK, for example, it takes on average seven years hmm. to get a diagnosis. That's seven years mm, from yes. the moment you went to the doctor and you said, I have got crippling pain. I cannot, cannot, I don't know what it is. I can't tell you where it's from. I don't understand it. And another seven years mm. to actually get a diagnosis. For me, it was longer. Um, I first went to the doctor with really, really bad period pains when I was 12 years old, so really young. And I didn't get my diagnosis until two years ago, oh. and I'm 29. Yes. So, yeah, 
And the, there's several aspects which make a diagnosis difficult. Is One is that people are embarrassed to talk about periods, especially younger girls. I really think that that is changing. Mm -hmm. I can see it changing and I'm excited about that and I'd love to be part of that. And that's why I do have my Instagram account because we talk freely about these types of things there and I love that. The other thing is it's, it's, not, it's not very known. It's not very well researched. There's not many experts in the field. And then the third thing is the only way to diagnose it is through surgery. So you actually have to have um, surgery to actually find out in the first place whether you have endometriosis. Mm. So the aim of the surgery is to find out whether you have it and then um, remove it. Mm -hmm. So I really think that my experience of this was as I only went through all my surgery two years ago and I found out I actually had um, stage between stage three and stage four, which is severe endometriosis. Mm -hmm. It was one of those moments where I cried and, and I couldn't figure out whether I was crying out of anger and frustration that I'd had this for so long and no one had believed me mm -hmm. or like like joy and relief and like finally I yes. know what it is it's figured out um, yes yeah finally I had an answer so this for, for my journey I mean this was at the time where I was really delving deeply into self-help anyway mm -hmm. but I was always focusing on my mental state. I was always focusing on like, what am I reading? What am I learning? How much am I meditating? Am I journaling? And I wasn't focusing physically on things like, am I exercising enough? Am I going outside enough? Mm -hmm. am, am I listening to my body? I think I'd really taught myself to ignore my body mm -hmm. because I'd been told by so many doctors, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. Oh, it's just bad period pains. Oh, maybe you've just, you, you know, you've eaten something. And I'd been told that I wasn't right. So I eventually just started ignoring my own body. Even mm. though I was having pain at some periods, I would have it every day and I was ignoring it. So I kind of had this epiphany of like, I've actually been ignoring my body. Mm. And where that fell into my journey was, I, I said, I don't want other young girls to experience this. It's actually my worst nightmare to think now I've got a daughter, if she had to go through this. Mm -hmm. if, she, if she did have endometriosis, I would, you know, it would be, we could support her the whole way. I really hope she doesn't. But mm -hmm. if she does, I would know what support to put in place. But any girls going through it now, I feel so sad if they're having to go through what I did. And I had, you know, in school, it was awful. Every month I'd be going to a school nurse and saying, like, I have to be sent home. I'd faint. I'd, I'd be physically sick. And eventually they said, oh, no, we're not sending you home anymore. You know, you, you must be faking it. There's yes, no way yeah. that you can be this ill. And I ended up just walking out of school and just walking and go, well, actually walking home because I lived close to the school and leaving and, you know, getting into trouble for doing that. But it was all I could do because I physically couldn't be in a classroom. So um, it definitely, all of those experiences definitely made me really strong and really determined. And um, I learned that I had to be my biggest advocate. And I had these personality traits even before I knew I had endometriosis. But I really think that they played a part in that. And after I got my diagnosis, I realized not only can I advocate for myself now, but I can also advocate for other people. Mm -hmm. That's why I set up my Instagram account, What the F is Endometriosis, because honestly, that was the response I got from people when I was like, I've got this diagnosis, it's a really big word. And they're literally like, what the F is that? <laughs> so I really wanted to explain what it was and to get people to follow my journey. Um, 
And how this kind of led towards me starting my own business is two ways, really, is one, I lent into a passion project, as I just talked about. I actually just allowed myself to spend loads of time on Instagram, like follow loads of accounts I love, write loads of posts, do loads of stories, just because I really enjoyed it. I was loving reaching out to the community. I was loving the messages I was getting people. So that was one thing that's kind of led towards my business because I now have this Instagram platform where I speak to loads of women and loads of mums too. And then secondly, it really taught me that I have this newfound respect for my body. Mm. I don't ignore the feelings. I wanted to learn absolutely everything about pregnancy because the female body is incredible. And I wanted to learn it all. And I realized that actually I wanted to listen to absolutely everything my body was telling me. And I knew that if I could do that, it would serve me really well, like during labor. And now not only did it do exactly that, but I feel like I can teach her in that. Mm -hmm. Teach the things we literally weren't, we didn't learn in school. And I feel sad about that. (laughs) No, it, it really is. And it should be taught, especially you hit the nail on the head earlier when you were talking about how you were doing self-help and reading and mentors and everything you could, which is wonderful things, but also ignoring your body. And only in the past couple of years, I believe, did I start focusing in on how our periods specifically affect other parts of our life mentally. And it's, and if we're listening to our body, we know when we have more energy, even that basic, when we can give more. And it's just incredible when we start listening to our bodies. So I think that's just wonderful. But but you're right. I yeah. think a lot of us are taught that it's embarrassing, don't talk about it, and you're faking if it hurts too much, and it's we just don't talk about it enough. But um, I think Instagram especially has given such a huge platform to talk about all of those things and put it out there. So I'm glad you're doing that too. So, yeah. Now, how about, like, how do you think you're more so impacting and, and using that platform to impact and encourage other women? Yeah, well, I I really hope I am. I would love to say that um, someone maybe newly diagnosed or trying to get a diagnosis would find my account Mm -hmm. and see smiling faces and think, okay, my life isn't over with endometriosis. And um, that sounds really dramatic. But honestly, when I was first diagnosed, I went on Instagram like we just said, love the platform. It's amazing. I learn loads from it. I get community from it. But all the endometriosis pages and memes and comments were really, really negative. And um, like, don't get me wrong, it is painful. And when I am in the midst of a flare-up, I find it really, really hard to keep my inner voice positive. Mm -hmm. I, I do find it hard. But so much of Instagram was was essentially my the message read to me, you've got endometriosis, your life is over. Mm. And I thought it can't be this way. And I knew, I already knew from doing self-help work and, and like we just touched upon, linking the mind and the body, mm. I already knew if I was happier, then this was going to have a positive effect on my body. Because if I'm happier, I'm producing ox- oxytocin, I'm producing all these positive hormones are going to have a positive impact on my body. So I, I thought, well, this community needs a positive outlet. It needs a really informative one because so many people don't actually know what endo is. Mm-hmm. But it also needs, you know, a very real but positive journey. And so I felt like 
I could share that. And a lot of the messages I get from people are exactly that. They say, oh, I, I, you know, I love that you're still so positive. And I try and give a lot of natural tips. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not preaching that you can do this all naturally. I, I take painkillers. Mm-hmm. But I do always look for natural ways um, to help with the pain. And I think people really enjoy that it's kind of a different approach. And now that I've had my daughter, my Instagram is also full of her and initially I wasn't sure even whether to post I was pregnant because I did worry that there's a there's a big community of women with endometriosis who are struggling to to get pregnant and I didn't want to hurt anyone by sharing that and it took me a long time and I got really silent on Instagram for the you know the best part of the first half of my pregnancy because I was so worried about sharing it and you know eventually I thought about it and I'd always said I wanted to be my full true authentic self and I shared a, a post I was pregnant and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people commenting and liking it and, you know, so happy for me. And, and I realized that that story of you've got endometriosis and you got pregnant is, is inspiring to people and it's something they cling on to. And I get more messages probably about how did you get pregnant and, you know, I love watching your daughter, things like that, than I do now how to get a diagnosis. Hmm. So... I do like to think I am helping the endo community online. Um, and I love, I love to give advice. Obviously I'm not a medical profession, medical professional at all. And my advice always comes, comes from experience. I say this happened to me. It might not be the same for you. And, um, yeah, so that that's one way I love to, love to reach out to the community and, and help people. Now, how about any advice for women? Maybe, they feel stuck in this experience with endometriosis. And then I would love to hear some advice about goals that they might feel stuck in as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So with endometriosis to start off with then is um, I always advise in all situations, become informed. And, And when I say become informed, you don't need to go and buy a medical textbook and read all the information. Simply go out there and like, follow a few endometriosis pages like endometriosis UK or endometriosis USA or one of the um, ones that gives a lot of informative statistics and advice because once you know a little bit more um, it is very empowering but you also see the vastness of this disease you see how many million people around the world are in your position And it's a really comforting feeling and it's a really empowering feeling that you're not the only one. So I'd suggest you do that. I would also suggest you make a list of your symptoms from the start, anytime you've had pain to now, a really succinct list, Mm -hmm. very clear, not waffly, just one straight list. It might be 10 bullet points and um, make an appointment with your doctor and very, very straightforward say, I am quite sure I have endometriosis. These are my symptoms and I would like to be tested for it. And and that is how your whole conversation is going to go. So they might say things like, oh, we need to test you for an STI. Oh, we need to test you for IBS. They will go through all of this Mm -hmm. multiple times. I've had multiple tests for all these things and they were all negative. So they always try and I understand why. I mean, surgery should be a last resort. Right. But if you know you have those symptoms, I, I knew. The day I found out endometriosis exists, I literally was reading, a, 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 no, it was an autobiography, actually, and the person talked about endometriosis, 
and gave a few symptoms and I and I literally was like oh my gosh that is exactly what I have Hmm. and I took that information I went to the doctor and I said this is what I have and that's what they responded with oh you need xyz tests first and then when I moved to New Zealand and I've been doing all this work on myself, I was like, I need to get this one thing really sorted. Mm-hmm. And I did exactly that. I went to the doctor. I was very straightforward. I said, I'm quite confident I have endometriosis. Here's my symptoms. I'd like to go on the waiting list for surgery. And, and I kept coming back to it. When they'd steer the conversation of, oh, would you like to do a diet plan? Would you like to write it down? Yes, I'll do that for you. But I would also like you to put me on the waiting list Absolutely. for surgery. Yeah. So just be strong. You can still be really friendly. <laughs> but just be, that would be my advice about endometriosis. Um, then you mentioned goal setting. I am super passionate about goal setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. This is how I do it. My goal setting is kind of a simple format, I think. I have five values that are everything to me. I mentioned them before. So, mm-hmm. for example, one of my values is passion. I want to be passionate on a daily basis. I want to do something I'm passionate about. It could be now on this podcast, passionate mm-hmm. about talking about this. It could be going for a walk, going for a hike. I'm passionate about the outdoors. Every day, I want to ensure that that area, that value is fulfilled in some way. So I have my five values. Now, I do this on a spreadsheet, which is totally nerdy and not creative <laughs> at all. I love that. So if you have a more creative way to do it, I would, lo- I would love to know that. But my spreadsheet is simply my five values. And underneath that, I have a long-term goal for each value. Mm. So, for example, passion, my long-term goal could be that my passion is um, allowing me to have the life I've always dreamed of emotionally and economically so essentially my passion is my career then I um what I'm doing at the moment this is a new thing for me because I used to just have a goal and I was always trying to attain this massive goal Mm -hmm. and I'd look at it and be like okay my passion needs to be my career my passion needs to be my career and you know three years ago I felt a mile like miles and miles away from that three years on I feel really close to it but um I think it's really important that you have um like I have quarterly goals, yeah. so I split the year into quarters. It's very, very business and boring. But so you know, my quarterly goal um, at the moment I'm working through was to get on a course for startup businesses and complete like a detailed and extensive business plan. Mm-hmm. And a business plan isn't just a paragraph about why you want to do it. You know, it's everything. It's market research. It's testing. It's getting your finances together. It's everything. Mm-hmm. So my goal setting is. The hardest bit of my goal setting is choosing what you value more in life more than anything. That is hard. So the way I do that is I, I, I can't, a life coach actually gave me this resource. But what I would recommend is you literally Google um, values and Google image values and it will come up with a list of loads of different values. Print it off. Only give yourself, I'd say, two minutes. Read through it and put a star or a heart or highlight the ones that stood out to you. And you might have, you know, you might have started with 50 and you end up with 15 and then do it again for another two minutes and narrow it down until you have five, your Mm. five core values that need to be fulfilled in life. And the reason the values thing is really important to me is because we, you know, we touched upon having, you don't just need one thing in life to make, make you happy. One of my values is business. So one of them is to be really successful in business, be an entrepreneur, work for myself, 
and make money doing it. Mm-hmm. But then my other values are one of them is health. Of course, one of them is health. If we don't have health, we don't have anything else. As I said, my other one's passion. Another one for me is space. I really, really value space. Mm-hmm. I want to be and the owner of multiple houses and that that kind of space. Mm-hmm. But I also love space. I love being in the outdoors. I love the countryside. I love living rurally. So I know my values. And once you know them, every decision you have in life from a really short, small decision, like my daughter could have a nap and maybe she's going to be asleep for an hour. And I could be like, okay, how can I spend my hour? I could watch reality TV for an hour. (laughs) Mm, Is this going to, is this adding value to my life? Does it align with any of my values? Probably not. Or could I listen to a really inspiring podcast like this one? Mm. Yes, I could. That is going to add value to my life. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying every hour of the day needs to be, you know, progress, growth, progress. You will burn out. There is still time for the baths. There's still time for the glasses of wine. There's still time for the chilling because that is so important too. But so overall, my goal setting is work out what your values are and make your goals based on those values. And that's what I do. You know, I really love that. And I've heard it so many times, but not put together and conjoined the way that you stated it. And so the way that I do my goals is every day I try to give myself at least five things to do. Um, And of course, they're working towards different goals, whether it's reading and journaling or, you know, editing, you know, whatever that looks like for the day. But what I love about what you did is you have your values first. So then your goals for that day or that quarter or that year follow what are really important. And I really, truly love what you said about that. So I'm going to do that. I promise I will get those, <laughs> awesome. those down. So I think that's incredible, incredible way to do that. So awesome. will you chat a little bit about, and I know you did already, but how we use our experience to not only further ourselves, but how to help those around us. And I know you're doing that already. Yeah, definitely. I think that, um, I, actually just thought about this now when you've asked me that question is um maybe the reason we ask ourselves what what is my purpose why am I here what's my goal in life why do I feel so empty we ask that so much when we're younger Mm because maybe we just haven't had the life experience yet to really understand our path to really understand where it's going but um so yeah maybe yeah I really do think there's a massive you can put massive weight on your experiences and how they impact your life. I am, I always look at life like visually in my head. I, I see a path. Loads of people do. It's very cliche, but I see a path which is actually on the ridge of a mountain. And, um, it's really easy to slide down the ridge of the mountain because walking the ridge is actually really difficult because walking the ridge is hard work. It's upright it's steep and you can't see the end. Mm -hmm. Now the end I see as a really shining light and it's like fulfilling all my values and being purely happy. Now it'll be really easy for me to just walk off the side of the mountain because when I'm walking up the ridge, I have different blocks in the way. There's different things and they are my life experiences. Mm. When actually, you know, you've heard it all before. It's a cliche, but you actually need to get over those stumbling blocks to get towards the light, to get towards the happiness. And every single life experience teaches you something. Like I live by the motto, everything happens for a reason. Literally everything. Even if, like the other day I opened the fridge 
and a pot of yogurt fell out on the floor. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so annoying. And I was like, thank you, universe. That obviously happened for a reason. No joke. Ten minutes later, I opened the fridge and a jar, jar of something came out. And I was like, okay, universe, I, I don't understand. And so I was like, okay, universe, what's your message? Shall I clean my fridge? Okay, I'll clean my fridge, you know? But on, you know, on a serious note, I truly believe that all your experiences are there for a reason. So my endo experience was there because I needed to listen to my body more. I needed to understand my body. And I also needed to have almost a reason to reach out to other people and other women particularly because mm-hmm. I felt like I was always born with a voice and I'd never know never know where to direct it or what to stand for. And suddenly I had this thing that was like, oh, this is amazing. I can make a positive impact. So even if your life experience is negative, if you're going through something hard, I promise you, you're learning something incredible. And it might take a month to work out what it was. And it might take five years to work out what it was. And that's hard. And that's why you do really have trust. And I talk about trust in the universe because I believe in the law of attraction, but you can have trust in a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but honestly, if you, if you don't believe that everything's happened for a reason, I do feel like you could live a really dark existence because not everything that happens in life is good, but everything is useful. Every, yes, absolutely. And I think you're so right about the experiences that we've had. And I feel the same as soon as you said, I feel like I've had a voice and something you want to say. And until you go through those, those hardships normally is how you start to connect with specific or more women. And, and um, so you're, you're absolutely right about that. But it's difficult because who wants to go through all of that, those experiences? They're not always fun. But Exactly. <laughs> now, any advice for those listening on how to get started on just that thing that's on their heart that maybe they've wanted to start? What's a, a tangible way that they can get started today? Yeah, um, that's really interesting because there might be people listening, and I definitely know that would have been me maybe three years ago, that they don't know what's on their heart. They have this feeling like, I'm part of something bigger and I want to do something bigger, but I just don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And um, one activity you can do is like um, say to yourself, like, what do I enjoy talking about? Mm-hmm. So if you and your best friend were having a night in together with no TV, nothing, and maybe a bottle of wine, <laughs> what are you going to be talking about? Where is the conversation going to lead? And write all of that down. Like, what do you love talking about? What can you talk about for hours and hours and not get bored? What do you find yourself Googling? What do you, like, what do you love researching? And your answer for your, what you want to do is there. Mm. And you really just need to start something, anything. And it can be tiny. So if you're totally starting from scratch, you've already touched on journaling. That's what I would start with. Mm. I would write literally like one sentence or two sentences a day about that topic and you'll lean into it and I've got actually a a good example of this was um I like giving examples that are not just career-based as well so um I knew someone and she said oh my goal is to live by the sea I'd love to live by the beach by the sea but I'd never be able to afford it and it wouldn't be near my children's school I'd never be able to do it but she had totally cut herself off from it like it was a dream too big Mm -hmm. But what you can do is tiny steps to get closer to that dream. So she decided, okay, so I can't live by the beach. But what I could do is visit the beach twice a week. I love the beach. I'll visit twice a week. I'll go for a walk. So she 
visited the beach twice a week and then she ended up going more and she ended up doing like her daily walk on the beach and then she would go to the same coffee shop and she would speak to the local person that worked there and then one day that person said oh this house at the front is going for sale and I know the family are really desperate to to buy um, to sell this house really quickly and she took the leap she contacted the family directly not even an estate agent and she lives in that house now and that house is on the beach and you know this was over a period of two years I think yes and so just doing the tiny thing is what you've got to do I'm absolutely guilty I'm I'm a dreamer and I'm a big ideas person and that often causes what many people call analysis paralysis. Mm -hmm. You overanalyze, you overthink, you think about the big ideas and you don't do the tiny thing. So let's say your passion is like potting plants in your garden. You want to make something of that. Start an Instagram account and start talking about it. Who cares that you've got 10 followers and only Mm -hmm. one person liked your first post? (laughs) That's not going to stop you. Everyone started that way. Look at people with millions of followers. One day they started and they didn't have that. And then and they and they probably made it a business now. So just you've heard it time and time again, but that's it. You just need to start even with something really, really small. Absolutely. And I think it's those daily habits, uh, like her walks on the beach or her, you know, coffee dates. That's exactly what changes your life. Uh, I, there was a quote that was something along the lines of we overestimate what we can do in a day and underestimate what we can do in a year because we want it done today. So we think if we do the big thing today, it'll get done when really it's, uh, added up all of those small little things. And that's exactly right. Uh, Just like with business, you do little networking or posting with 10 followers or one like, and it continues to build. Yeah, definitely. So can we move back to endometriosis just for a moment? And anyone that's having this experience or those potential symptoms, maybe they're unsure or they're looking for resources, uh, aside from you, of course, are there any resources that you have found helpful for this? Yeah, um, I would say, first of all, I'd say check out my own Instagram yes, account. Yes, please do. Endometriosis, and you would see, yeah, lots of helpful resources and also just a raw experience. Um, I would, I'd always start in the first instance with quite... Um, quite generic medical website. So I'm, I'm in the UK. So at the moment I would go on endometriosisuk.org, but it will be the same anywhere. The USA will have the same website and just go on those types of brief medical websites just to learn the crooks of the disease, learn a bit about the medical side, then follow accounts like women's health because you want to get a really broad understanding of, of your health and not just like I said at the start or earlier on there's quite a few negative endometriosis accounts so I would start with things like women's health ones that are going to touch upon endometriosis but they're going to give you a broader look at the experience of women's health on on that line as well I would look for Dr Libby on Instagram and anywhere she is um, a women's health expert and she looks at everything really holistically so she yes she looks at medication but she also looks at like natural lifestyle changes you can make she explains everything really clearly which I love and she gives really good practical everyday ideas so I definitely definitely look at them when it comes to following different people's endometriosis accounts obviously just do what you normally do 
literally search endometriosis um, and have a look through the accounts. Do you like what they're talking about? Do you resonate? Is it going to bring you joy? And are you not just going to look at it and be like, oh, it's sad I have endometriosis? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they, I'd start with going to kind of your main medical websites first, then follow people like Women's Health. Dr. Libby is honestly amazing. Like, doc, I went to one of her talks on hormones and it kind of changed absolutely everything that I understand about the female body and about endometriosis and about birth. Like hormones are everything. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing in our day-to-day lives, which stunts our body's ability to create positive hormones, is is really astonishing. Like putting your body under any form of stress, like physical stress or even drinking coffee, is, you know, stopping our body producing things like endorphins and oxytocin which we need for example to produce and have babies yes so yeah that was a bit of a diversion but yeah there, there are some things i would definitely recommend and tell us where we can find you today your website and you mentioned your social media and i will be linking everything on the podcast notes but tell us one more time where we can find you so you can listen to my podcast, which is What the F is Hypnobirthing, iTunes, Podbean, any platform that does podcasts, you can find it, What the F is Hypnobirthing. You can also find me on Instagram, What the F is Endometriosis. Yes, you can see a bit of a theme here. I'm also always asking what the F. <laughs> um, and yeah, follow me on Instagram and then you can see updates on my business and you can tell me what I should call it. Yes. And I, I love the name that you picked for the what the F is because yes. I'll never forget it. I don't think they will either. So it's wonderful. So uh, oh, awesome. Yeah. Alice, thank you so much for being on today. And I really did learn a lot and take some great tidbits from you. So thank you. No, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Really appreciate your time. And yeah, look forward to hearing more from you too. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the Shine Podcast. If you loved today's episode, share it with a friend. For show notes or any notes from past episodes, head to DaVista Photography. That's D-A-V-I-S-T-A photography.com forward slash blog for downloads, codes, and more. And as always, be the light the world needs. Smile, sparkle, and shine.